Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they've built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. Join us every week as we talk ambition, determination, and success with some of the most interesting, powerful women in the Southeast and beyond. All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday. We're very excited about our guest today, Deveka Chand Dondala of the Debbie Collect- Collective. And I told her I was going to like butcher that. But anyway, super excited to have you. Um, we got to talk yesterday for a little bit, and there's just so many different angles we could take today in our conversation. Devika has her hands um, in a lot of things. And so we're really excited to hear your story today and just learn about the Debbie Collective. So why don't you just start and tell us, you know, maybe just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am a huge fan of this podcast. Um, I am the one person on Instagram that screenshots and shares whenever you guys have like probably at every episode. So this is a great moment for me. Um, But, you know, I, I really, I want to thank you for acknowledging that there's versatility to what I do. Um, And I think there's versatility to what everybody does. One thing that I am a very big advocate of is not niching down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that is kind of a um, push from capitalism and this idea that we can only be one thing. Um, so, you know, at the Davy Collective, I really try to encourage, I will say the majority of my audience is female, but I encourage w- women to remember that we can be smart and love fashion. Yes. And we can be smart and intelligent and love to wear makeup or not love to wear makeup. You know, there's so many different sides to us. And I think that there's so many people that feel more comfortable with the idea that a woman or a person can just be one thing. Um, so, you know, the Davy Collective is definitely a plat- has become a platform where I highlight female founders or founders in general, and we talk fashion, art, beauty, life, um, politics, social issues that are happening, and any uncomfortable conversation that is out there. Um, I definitely didn't think it be- was going to become what it has when I started. Um, I think I said yesterday, I'm like a very proud um, failed influencer, traditional influencer. Um, I used to get on every day and talk about something new or a shirt or this and that. And, um, pretty soon it started to feel a little, um, gross to me. Mm. Um, not, it it didn't match with my, my energy and the person I am, because I don't like the idea of telling somebody that they need to go out and buy something. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like the idea of sustainable fashion and ethically, um, sourced fashion and, clean beauty, wood safe science. Um, So I kind of wanted to shift to teaching women and helping women um, look their best with what they have. There might be some little things that you get from here and there, but like, how can we use what we know fits our body and what we feel comfortable in in, and look our best? Um, So there's the fashion and design aspect to Davy Collective. There's the investor um, and founder feature side to the Davy Collective. And there's the lifestyle pushing uncomfortable conversations part of Davy Collective. Well, tell us sort of, because that's kind of um, with the wealth that we found that too, it's like money just hits everything. And so it's hard just to talk about one thing, you know, because we are multifaceted 
as women. So tell us about, I think it's really interesting, like your investment arm, like, can you talk about that for a minute? Uh, sure. So um, we have a company, my husband and I call Sonia Holdings and that um, through that company, we do majority of like, like multifamily investment properties. Um, and that is, that is kind of like his arm of it. You know, I'm there when I need to be. Um, but what interests me and where my, um, I think my inner passion lies is to um, support the startup founders. And really, I like understanding somebody's why, like, why did you start this business? What drove you to it? What problem were you trying to solve? Which is why um, I think with the Davy Collective, we do the founder features. Um, because I could sit here and tell you, I like a lotion or a cream or a shampoo and that it made my hair look so great, but I want to know why that founder started it. Like, what was it um, that, that pushed that? What are the ingredients in it? Why did she or he source it the way they did? Um, and so I have kind of, on my side of it, I like to invest in the brands and the founders and get to know them. Um, I don't, tr I try not to get too involved in the business side of how they want to run their show, but um, I really, I think that that's a space that we need more females investing in more females. I think it's like less than 3%. I, I will even say, I'm gonna be generous and say 5% of the funding that's there in the startup world, in the, in the funding world goes towards female founders. And um, more than that, there's a smaller margin in there that goes towards female founders of color. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, those are shifts that we have to make as a, um, as a country and as a people. Yes. Well, and I, I, you know, we were having a conversation yesterday with um, some people that are in um, the design industry, and they were saying that really in the design industry, even people are moving towards like wanting to use these smaller, more boutique brands where they get to know the people behind the product, why they're doing what they're doing, what's the story. And I do think that that's interesting because, you know, even with money, um, as we're seeing it, you know, we see that women really do well and learn best and connect with people's stories. And I just love how like looking at these kind of three different areas, how we're all looking at that differently, but all that, that central theme of, of stories and, and how they play a role in us learning and connecting with others, whether that be on the investing side, whether that be on our personal money journey or decorating our home, you know, it just seems like that's a common, common theme and one that I love that, you know, just like, you know, the Davy Collective, you're like weaving that in all these different areas. So there is a common, you know, a common theme there. And one of the things that I love that you said you talked about was saying you were like a failed traditional influencer. Yeah. And because we that, know that feeling. we know that feeling. <laughs> and too, you know, it's like we try to tell our stories and we have these things that we're passionate about. And like maybe the industry is saying, this is the only way you can do it. Like you do this and you're successful. But really, there's a lot of different ways. So I'd love for you to, to explain yeah. what you mean by that. So, um, you know, the way that I started the Davy Collective was actually, um, I had started it as a way to share my um, background in design and my passion for dressing and fashion and interiors um, and my 
ability to always be the friend that's telling the other friends what skincare to use and like what I have found and um, what I've researched and things like that in order to, um, you know, share those things. And also at the beginning, we were trying to raise money for nonprofit organizations through the um, affiliate links. Um, so the reason I don't think that that worked out the way that it could have or what it could have been is because I, I think that there was this, I, I couldn't feel comfortable pushing products on people. One, I can't push a product on somebody that I've only tried once. Like if I have a picture of something on my Instagram feed, then my audience knows I like it, but I can guarantee you that bottle is almost empty, mm -hmm. you know, and the failed influencer side of me like that, I hold very proudly because I couldn't get on there every day and say, I just picked this up at the local store and this is great. I have to try it. I have to know it. I have to see if it's a piece of clothing. I need to see how it washes. How can I, how can I suggest something to somebody and it falls apart after two or three wears? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just couldn't keep up with that, um, with, I guess I wanna say the wheelhouse of that. Um, I think personality wise, I'm much slower at a slower pace. I am not a brand hopper. Um, and so that side of me couldn't keep up. Um, I felt bad telling people to go out and buy something or you need these jeans or you need this shirt. You know, Each one of us is so different um, as far as how our bodies are made and um, how we, what the clothing we feel comfortable in. And I, I think that everybody can attest to this, that if you see somebody wearing something, you might buy the exact same outfit and it looks differently on you. It might sit differently on you, which is why, like I, I said earlier, like I want to show women and help women dress and present themselves in a way that they feel comfortable. You know, what pair of jeans looks best on you in your closet. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if I'm sitting here and I'm like, you need flare leg jeans because they are the one, they are the trend and they are out there. They're this, if that doesn't fit your body type, <laughs> then, you know, what was that for? <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. I just failed at what I was trying to do, which was to help empower women to feel better and look better and know themselves without falling into traditional beauty standards and the standards that I think the marketing world pushes on us. Well, and it's interesting because it goes into that. It's, it's really the same messaging, which is our tagline, which is good with money. Like it's been so tacky to talk for women to talk about money or it's been perceived that way, but yet it's been encouraged for us to like get the newest, cutest thing. Yes. And that has like really held that, that, that juxtaposition, it's like really held women back generally. And that doesn't mean we can't change it. I have a great friend who says, you know, it's never too late for a do-over. And I think that's true culturally. Like it's, it should be celebrated for women to be good with money. And the fact is, is that like, if I'm honest with myself, well, fashion sort of not my thing anyway. And that's another thing we talk about the wealth that is like, what's your thing? Like, I would much rather have a nice piece of jewelry and wear dresses from Target. That's just me. Like everyone's different, been, you know, I've been eyeing your necklace. I, know, it's beautiful. So cute. <laughs> I just picked it up when I was in um, Park City, Utah last week. Yeah, we went it's, break. it's good to like, sort of celebrate, like we all work hard and we do have this, but if you do have disposable income to say, like, where will this actually like make me feel most authentic and spending my dollars if I'm going to spend them? Um, but then also to celebrate like saving and just traditionally being good with money that 
everyone can, can and should be doing that. And I think, you know, if I look at my closet, I've never needed any single thing in my closet, like with very little exception. Like I've never bought any pair of jeans because my jeans were out. It was like, I just didn't like them anymore. You know, like maybe it's like, I didn't want to wear skinny jeans anymore. Who knows? But like, whatever it is, it's never been for need. It's always been for want, if I'm honest with myself. So I completely understand what you're saying because, you know, if you're constantly like putting things up there, like buy this or buy this, like it does feel a little inauthentic. Like people have, have asked us sometimes for like different product recommendations and it's just such a fine line and and we want to, like, we're like, okay, this actually has worked for me, but you, you also don't want it to be like a toxic trait. I don't know. So anyway, I, I get it. I, I understand what you're saying. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because a lot of the times that we find ourselves thinking we want to go buy something is because we are told that that's what we need to go buy. Um, yeah. I gave this example a couple of weeks ago about um, it's about the beauty industry and beauty standards. And isn't it funny how as women, we have been told that we don't look professional until we draw a line over our lashes with a crayon, like it's a crayon, (laughs) you know, like if you really think about it. And it's interesting to me how these beauty standards and even these fashion standards have really shaped who we are. And sometimes we forget parts of ourselves. Um, I'll give an example of, you know, I used to get Botox and hands down, I support it, do it. If you love it, you love it. Um, but a couple of, a couple of, I want to say middle of last year, I had turned 40 and I kind of looked at myself and I was 40 with braces. I had to get braces. <laughs> I was like, kind of like, where am I in my life? And, um, what do I look like? And that was actually a question that stuck in my head. What do I look like? Mm-hmm. Like me, what do I look like now? Cause right now I look like the person who goes and gets Botox, but what does Devika look like? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I stopped coloring my hair. Um, I stopped, you know, doing stuff to my face. I'm not going to say it's permanent. I'm saying, I just want to know what I look like, you know, and <laughs> yes, it's funny because you have women who, and people who have been told that they wake up and they don't even leave their bathroom until they have an entire face of makeup on, but yeah. you know, what performance are they? It's, it feels like we've been pushed into this performance. Um, and when you decide to like step back and go backstage for a minute, like, I think that that's a good moment to touch base with yourself and figure out, am I doing something because I like it or am I doing it because it's expected of me? Mm. Like how many times do we get on calls or we're like, oh my God, please excuse my hair or, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't, my, my eyeliner is all wonky today, you know, and we're apologizing for the way we look, but why, who made the standard of what we're supposed to look like? We look like what we look. Yeah. yeah. I have a daughter who is 17 and she's six feet tall and she really doesn't care. Yeah. I um, love and, and it's so awesome. <laughs> it's like because she's beautiful. But I find myself being like, oh wow, you're you're wearing that to the birthday dinner. All right. Well, you know, and, and she's like very comfortable with it. But when we do go out and and buy maybe really truly she, the best part about her is if you buy like two cute outfits for summer, that's all you need. Cause mm-hmm. she might go somewhere like where she needs to dress up four or five times. That's it. And she's yeah. 
completely content wearing the same thing. Yeah. My, my daughter is the same way. Like she's 13. And I find myself when I have those moments, I'm questioning, why do I think that? Who made up the standard? Right. And so it's really been like um, a journey of like um, introspection for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I realized and I touched base with, I want to say like myself, like what are what do I stand for? What do I want? I don't want to be the person that's just like pushing products out there all the day, every day, all the time. I do like being the go-to person for, hey, how do you style this? Hey, how do you wear this? Hey, do you know about this brand? Um, but I don't want to be known for always selling something. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not who I am. I, my whole goal is to, you know, inspire women and help, or I will say inspire people and help women look at their best and feel their best with who they naturally are. And when you want to step back into the performance, step back in on your own terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, Davika, I, I want to touch on this because we had such a great conversation and it turns out Davika's friends with our guests from last week. Oh, that's so fun. awesome. Wearing one but of their, one yeah, of their, you got the power women blazer on. Oh, I love that fabric on the inside. That's yes, cute. Um, it was so amazing. It's so cute. Well, they, they were great. And I, what I loved too, was like hearing the stories about like where they got their inspiration, because clearly you had somebody behind the scenes, giving you all this confidence to go out there and do it. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your mom yeah. and, and her. Um, so her I'm a child of immigrants. Um, my, I have an older brother. Both of us are very driven people. Um, and my, my dad is an engineer and my mom um, owned a Montessori school. And we, when we moved to America, when, I wanna say when I was 10, I think, um, I was born in America, moved back overseas to South Korea, moved back to America, moved back to South Korea, then came back to America by the time I was um, 10 or I, I think I was 10. Um, and my mom, she, she's just, I, I, I can't, there's not enough words I can say for my parents because if you are a child of immigrants, you see how brave your parents are. First, my mom was 20 and my dad was 30 she had an arranged marriage. My dad also had to be brave and step into this arranged marriage. Um, I think they met once or twice before they got married, which was very liberal. Um, and they went and they hung out and went shopping or something. Um, and they, they've at this point, I want to say my parents have lived almost on every country in the world. <laughs> like they've stepped foot on every continent. Um, and my mom, when I was younger, they, my parents bought a Montessori school and it was 50 miles away from our home. And my mom used to wake up and she used to leave the house at five o'clock every morning. And um, so she would drive the 50 miles to be there when the school opened at 6.30 in the morning. And she wouldn't even step foot back into the house until like past 8 p.m. And we still had Indian dinners every night. There was still food, there was still everything. and. Um, I think that my parents both had a vision of what they wanted for their life and their families. um, And they just worked hard at it. And I'm gonna be honest, when you are a child of immigrants, there's certain things that you just don't know. And I think that that's why I went into this whole like idea of being the friend who knows the products. Like when you were younger, somebody that was second or third generation in this country, go to the store and you buy shampoo, your mom can be like, oh, you have this kind of hair, you should buy this shampoo. You know, like I've tried this before. I know this product. We didn't have that. 
um, I had, I actually have extremely curly hair and I will send y'all a picture of what my hair was <laughs> because nobody, we didn't know what to do. So I remember my mom was learning with me. I was learning with her so mm -hmm. many things. And there were times where I can look at our relationship and I can say like, it was almost like we were sisters, mm -hmm. you know, being like, Hey, did you try this? Did you know, like, do you know what yeah, this yeah. is? Yeah. And so it's, um, yeah, she, you know, she, she was extremely hard worker, extremely driven, never complained, never anything like that. My dad, same thing. I mean, to move to a country, you don't know just with a man or a woman that you've known for two years. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's inspiring. And it really tells us when you're a child of immigrants, um, that we, we have everything. Mm -hmm all the opportunity is there. We don't have to go and relearn something. My mom lived in New York. My parents lived in New York City at the time of the dot killers. I don't know if you guys remember that or know what that was. It was a, a push. It was a social thing where people were looking for women that were bindis um, and they were um, killing them or beating them, you know? And so my parents had to experience and live and navigate their way through everything. They moved to South Korea. Um, and I remember my mom packing empties. We would take empty suitcases to India because we would go all the time because it was right there and packing groceries and bringing them back to Korea so we could eat the food that she knew how to make. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I definitely, and my grandmothers, I have to say, every time we would go back to India, they were both doing things to pull up community. Um, mm -hmm. My paternal grandmother used to tutor the children of the people that worked in our town. She would just say, come out, come to my house. I will teach you how to read. I will teach you how to do this. She took so many people to banks and opened bank accounts for them and taught them how to manage their money. Um, and uh, my maternal grandmother was always knitting and sewing and creating clothing for people, um, you know? And so the idea of giving back and the idea that, um, we are part of something bigger has always, it's always been implanted in my head um, mm -hmm. just by seeing my aunts, my uncles, my grandmothers, my parents um, and how they lived. And so I knew that that was something that I wanted to bring um, to the world when I started my journey. Well, I love what you've just said because what um, as women were something like, I wish I had the statistic right in front of me, but a referral from a woman is like, it, well, it's just so powerful. We hear each other's stories. And when we do, we listen and we trust that what you say is, is good and would be good for me. I mean, I have very similar hair, I think to you, it's like very curly, very thick, you know, and it's like, no one tells you what you should use, you know, like it just, you kind of have to figure it out. So like, we really do rely on one another through storytelling. We rely on one another through sharing of best practices um, and then understanding. So that's what I loved first. And then second, I would say another just powerful thing that you said is just like the family and this ties in next week through the wealth that we're starting this course called you're writing your money stories at next week, next week, yeah. next week. And it's like, that is powerful regardless of, of the background that you come from, because the awareness of why it, everyone comes with a money story, you know, maybe you were poor when you were little, maybe you had too much money and you feel, felt ashamed. Maybe 
who knows? I mean, there's so many things that we all have one is the point. And I think you have done such a beautiful job today. And we're so grateful to have you on and just sharing that money story. I mean, really, this is where you came from. Like, you know, this about your grandmother, you know, what your mom and dad sacrificed to like, you know, provide a life that they thought would be beautiful for you and generations to come. I I just think it's so lovely. And um, anyway, I want to talk about two things as we close. I can't believe we're already, we try to keep them at 30 minutes. So wow. Wow. It went by so fast. We're going to have to have you back. Um, But I think if you could, there's two things. So one kind of explain how people can connect with you on here. So if any of our members want to connect, what's the best way how can they find you? And then second, if you could just say why you said yes to the wealth edit, um, you know, of course we're seeking for women to normalize conversations around money, wherever, wherever they may be. And so if you could just answer that question for us, that would be so great. Sure. And I, again, can't believe that we're already at the end, I know. Um, but uh, you guys can always find me. I have a website, thedaviecollective.com, um, or you can find me on social media, um, I have two pages. One is my personal page, the Davika C. Um, and the second page is the.davy.collective. Um, and that is my blog page where you'll find fashion and um, like skincare and beauty inspiration. Um, and again, Davy is spelled D E V I. D E V I. Um, and, you know, again, we are making the shift to sustainable and ethical fashion and clean beauty. So that's most likely what you're going to see there. And I want to say, I said yes to being on this, like being the, with the wealth edit, because um, I love what you all are doing. I love that we are, you are empowering women to understand money. It's really interesting because you go to social parties and you see um, men talking about stocks and that's completely socially acceptable or where they put their money or what they invested in. And the women are on the other side of the room and nobody's talking about real life things. So I love that you are empowering women to understand these things so we can go to the other side of the room and have a relevant place in that conversation. Yes, I love that. And I also want you to touch on some of the courses that you have because you really have some really interesting things that I know you have a special offer for our members. I'm really excited to offer. Oh, thank you. Um, So we have a couple of things that are in the works on the davycollective.com. But what I wanted to offer to um, your audience today is our um, wellness mindfulness journal. Um, It is a five-day course that's just going to be emailed into your um, email every morning. And it's just going to be a question or something you should focus on that day. You're welcome to print it out and write on it if you want. It's a journal. It can be used in a journal setting, but it's more to get into your head to reintroduce yourself to yourself. Oh, I love awesome. that. Well, and that, that ties in so beautifully with our course that's coming up because it is all about journaling and write, writing that money story. And I, I do think like when you're, you know, towards the end of the course, we're really working through what do you want your money story to be? Um, and I think you have to know who you are. Absolutely. You can really do that. You know, that's just such a know what makes you comfortable, know what makes you uncomfortable. You don't have to go into every space that you're invited to, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm very, very impressed and wowed by what you two are doing. Thank you for saying that. That really means a lot. It does. And before we, before we get off, finally, the two courses that are coming out, the one about talking to your teenagers about money. I'm excited about that. Yes. Yes. And so then 
We have one that is talking to your teens about finances, and it's really just trying to start to have the conversations where um, the words are in their heads and the definitions, because we know right now they might not react or it might seem like they're not listening, but Mm -hmm. in five or 10 years when they're paying their own taxes and they're having to manage their money, that that, that information will come out. So Mm -hmm. we have that that's going to launch soon. And we also have a seven days of shopping your wardrobe. Um, that's going to be coming out soon. And that's one that I, of course, am very passionate about. Um, and I mean, I'm passionate about both of them. But again, I, I love the idea that you women most of the time already have what they know looks good on them in their closet. So let's figure out how to, you know, make it on trend if you want it on trend or keep it classic and just make you feel good and where you are. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. And we look forward to hopefully having you back again in the future, because I feel like we there's 10 other topics we could cover. <laughs> True. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you so much for thank having you. me. I really thank enjoyed you. it. Bye. All right. Bye. Y'all. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content.